the way that things work and keeping the word in your mouth. Um, one of the things that it says is that if we keep the word in our mouth at all times and we keep our meditation on it, then we're going to have good success and we're going to be prosperous. So the only way is, is Holly had talked about then and now this morning, but here's a then and now to some degree. It's like the only way that you can have the former or to have the latter rather the then is if you do what comes before that, is that you keep the, the word in your meditation, you keep the word in your mouth, and uh, then you can have a, a prosperous life and success. Um, one of the things I saw is that if you keep on speaking the word and keeping the word in your mouth, it not only does it, it get the word in you, but it creates a hope. Your hope is your goal setter. And uh, that's one of the things I, I've been, I was talking to Brother Robert about Charles Capps. Like I, I've been listening to Charles Capps and reading some of his books and stuff. And like the way he explains it is stuff that I've heard already, but it, man, it, it ministered to me and it, and it hits home. But, uh, and he talks about your hope as well. But uh, the thing that we hope for is the promises of God, the things that we've got in God's word. Um, so when we keep that word before us and, and we find the promises of God, then we're finding hope and things that we're hoping to happen. Um, faith comes by hearing. Uh, Holly, I think, talked about that a little bit this morning. That, so when we hear the word, faith comes. So I say the, the Bible is a Bible full of faith because if it wasn't full of faith when we heard it, we wouldn't receive faith from it. One of the things uh, to note is that like when we hear, I was talking to, I think Robert McCarrie about it uh, last Wednesday night maybe, said that uh, I've heard myself recorded before and I did not realize how country I sound when I'm recorded. I sound very, if you know me, I, I'm really not that country. I'm not really a city slicker either, but I'm, I'm not country. I'm somewhere in the middle, I reckon. Uh, I had a guy in my yearbook, he said, you, it was a, a black guy, he said, uh, you want a smooth, slow-talking white dude. So that's, that's about what I, I guess I am, a smooth, slow-talking white dude. But, uh, but one of the things that we have is we have an inner ear. So the reason why I don't hear myself the way that the recording shows me that I sound is because I hear myself through my inner ear. And you have an outer ear and an inner ear, and if you don't know what your voice sounds like, on your, a way to kind of look at it is if you plug your ears and talk. Everybody plug your ears and talk. Hello, purpose. Doesn't that sound a little bit different? It does. Yeah. So I, I've seen singers up there on stage. Stacy was talking about. She's like, I want to get it to where we got all these. Uh, she's like, I want to get it to where we have uh, everybody on stage and everybody's got their own mic and, and got their own earpiece and everything. And then that way you can hear the band in one side and you can hear the voices on another side. And I thought to myself, I've heard myself. Uh, I've plugged my ear to try to see. Like, I don't like the way it sounds when I plug my ear and listen to my voice. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't want to try to sing like that, but I guess I get used to it. So hopefully y'all hear something better than what I hear. Um, 
You ain't got to answer that. But, uh, you can laugh. You can laugh. Go ahead, Beck. I don't know what the laugh says. It's either laughing at me or laughing with me or something. But one of the things that happens is that faith comes by hearing. So the more that we begin to speak the word, not only have we heard the word, but then we begin to speak the word. And when we speak the word, then we not only hear our hear it again through our outer ears, but we hear it again in our inner ear. So it's it's planted deeper and it's getting rooted more in our inside, inside our spirit, man. And the more that we do that, the greater it is. But one of the things I, I noted from that verse, he said, don't let this word keep uh, go out from you uh, or leave you. You keep saying that word. You keep saying the word. And one of the things that happens so many times is uh, Christians, you know, they're well-meaning, but they, they say things like, uh, man, it's, I'm, like, say a, a trip. I want to go, I want to go to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. So if I was to say, man, I'm, I'm just dying to go to Hawaii. Like, I'm speaking contrary to the word. I'm speaking negativity. I don't even realize it, but the things that I'm saying, I know in my inside that it's not true. So I'm not giving my spirit man the right information, and, and I know that I'm, I'm speaking death, but I don't really mean it. And so there, there's a lot of things like that that said, and then on top of that, when I go and I try to profess the word of God, then I'm looking now, I'm saying, all right, well, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. But my body my, and my spirit doesn't know what to take from that because so many times I speak contrary to what I really mean. And uh, that's not to step on anybody's toes because I've done it before. I, I used to say, I just hope this ain't too bad to say on tape in the church, but I say, that's funny as crap. But is that really a funny thing? Uh, it's like, some of the stuff that we say the sayings, we, we don't really think about what we say sometimes. But if we keep our words lined up on what God says, um, then we're, we're speaking the right thing. We're saying the right thing. Um, so our mouth is what sets the goal for the hope. That's our, our hope setter. It's a, a thermostat. And Holly had talked about hope a little bit this morning. Um, I look at it sort of like this. Uh, Charles Caput used a similar example. I'm, I'm gonna change it around a little bit because Diane's in here and I didn't know if she was gonna be here or not, so I'm gonna pick on her. She's okay with that, I think. But uh, she's not, she might raise her fist up at me or something, let me know. But I know it's not very probable in this day and age for somebody to not know about electricity or something like that. But say one of her, ancestors, one of her uh, Cherokee ancestors or something, come from their teepee and they were on a reservation and they weren't used to technology, they weren't used to uh, lights and air conditions and everything else. They come in the church and they, Bobby comes in here, it's winter time now, and say it was 50 degrees up there on the thermostat and Bobby looks and he says, hmm, 50 degrees. So he goes over there to it and he slides a little thing over to 70 so that it'd be 70 degrees. And uh, the little man, what do you say, is that too hot? Well, the Cherokee man, he's looking, he's like, man, he's like, what did he just do? He said, hey, Mr. Bobby, sir, he said, uh, 
I don't know how Cherokee's thoughts so I, I can't do that accent, I'm sorry. But uh, he's like, what is that thing you just did? Because he started noticing after he slid the, the uh, needle over to 70, it won't long that it started getting warm. He said, what is that that you just did? He said, I just set the thermostat. He said, a thermostat? He said, where can I get one of them? He said, Bobby said, well, you can go uh, to Columbia right there, uh, Pleasure Hardware, you can get one at the hardware store. So his wheels are already spinning, his wheels is already turning. He's like, I'm going to get me one of them thermostats. So he leaves the church, goes, gets a ride with Diane back to Columbia, and he walks on down there to Pleasure Hardware, and he gets him a thermostat. He said, I want one of them thermostats. So he gets his thermostat. When he goes back to the reservation, he gets in his TV. Uh, I don't know if Cherokees use TVs or not, but in this story they do. Uh, so he got his TV, and he, however they mount stuff on a TV, he mounted that thermostat up there, and it was cold that night, and the temperature started dropping. He said, you know what? I'm going to set that thermostat, and I ain't going to mess with no wood tonight. We ain't going to have no fire tonight. We ain't got to worry about it. And before long, the water started to freeze in the teepee because after he set that thermostat, there wasn't no power to it. And that's, hope is good. That thermostat is good. That thermostat by itself though, will not heat the building. It's connected to a heating unit outside, but that heating unit will not work by itself. It's got to have a thermostat attached to it. So in order, they got, they got to work together. You've got to set it on the thermostat, and then it sends a signal back to the heart of the unit, and the unit will produce. If it says it needs to be hotter, it'll produce heat. If it needs to be colder, it'll produce coldness. But uh, it's the same way God designed the human spirit, so that our mouth is actually the thermostat. Our mouth is the goal setter. That's what the thermostat is. It's a goal setter. It's the, it's the hope setter. Because I'm hoping it's going to get to 70 degrees. Right now, I'm hoping it's going to get lower than 70 degrees because it's warm. It's cooling off, though. I feel it, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> or either I'm sweating it off, one, I ain't sure. But uh, so one of, one of the things that happens is, is we, that's why we got to keep our, our words speaking the right thing and speaking in line with God's word so that we're not saying anything contrary to his word because we're setting our goal. If we was to go up there and mess with that thermostat and switch it up to 75 and then two minutes later switch it back down to 65 and then switch it up to 80 and then switch it back, it's just sending mixed signals to that unit. And the unit, it don't, it don't have a brain. It don't know what it's supposed to do. All it knows is it's supposed to produce whatever the goal is set at. The same way with our spirit, with our heart, it's supposed to produce whatever we set it to produce. Now, God has designed our spirit the same way that he designed earth. Creation in the beginning in Genesis, when he created everything, he, crea he created the, uh, the grass yielding seed uh, that's got seed in itself so that it'll, it'll grow um, and reproduce after its own kind. Uh, one of the things that he did with the spirit man, he did the same thing so that our spirit will produce whatever's planted into it. And so what we'll do is we'll set it with our mouth 
and we'll speak what we want. We'll speak the promises of God. And when we speak the promises of God, so long as we don't speak anything contrary to it, our spirit man is designed to bring forth and produce what we've spoken. It may not happen immediately, just like if it's 50 degrees in here and we set it to 70, it's not going to be 70 right then. It's going to take some time. Uh, I don't even know where I'm at now, but another way of looking at it is uh, our, our faith. We can have the word, we can hear the word, but our faith is dormant until we speak it forth. Uh, I was actually looking at something else tonight, and I won't plan on speaking this exactly, but if you want to turn there, Matthew 4 and 4. Uh, and I'd actually talked with David about this a little bit when I got the revelation. I, I got the revelation, uh, I don't even remember when it was exactly, but uh, I got it up here. It was in 2019, it was in December, so it was almost a year ago. And uh, I heard it preached on, heard it taught on, but I never really understood it exactly. But Matthew 4 and 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, anybody that's heard me speak before or knows anything about me, I like word studies. So I like to get in and find out, because they didn't write the Bible, or the Bible wasn't spoken in the New Testament in English. So it was in a different language, in Greek or Aramaic. So I like to find out what it actually meant. Because uh, sometimes when we tried to translate it, we translated it the best we knew how to, but there was other words and meanings for that, and we don't always pick the right ones translated. But that word where it says, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the word word there, that word is, uh, the Greek for that, or Aramaic, is actually a rhema. So it's a rhema word. Uh, I wanted to know about rhema because that's where David went to school. I was like, well, what is rhema? What does rhema even mean? But one of the things I got thinking about, I thought about it tonight, like just before we come out here, because Holly was talking this morning about now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But rhema word is a now word. Uh, other places in the Bible where you see uh, the word word, the word, word, makes you think about a Pee Wee Herman song, but uh, anyway, um, it's not a word, bird, bird, bird is a word, that's what it is. Donnie, you got that one, don't you? I just picked up on the last thing, bird. <laughs> Put the bird down. <laughs> but uh, other places in the Bible where you'll see the word, word, it is referred to as a logos word. There, there's other ones as well, but a logos word is a word that has been spoken basically in the past at some point or another. But it's not saying that we're going to live off of bread alone, but by every word that was spoken in the past from God. It's saying every word that God is speaking right now is what we're going to live by. So if we're going to live by the word that God is speaking right now, when we wind up opening our mouth, and speaking the word that God has already written in his word, and we speak it again, when we speak it again, it becomes a now word. It becomes a rhema word. So when we hear it again, then that's 
that's the bread that's coming back to us. And I started seeing, I said, man, it's like, that's one of the reasons why we've got to keep the word in our mouth. That's why we've got to say the right thing, because then it's a now word. It's a rhema word again. But if I read it, it's good. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So when I hear the word, that's great. But when I speak it, my speaking is the, the activation of the faith. So my faith is dormant. I'm receiving word when I hear when I hear the word, when I read the word, when the word's preached. It's awesome because I'm, I'm receiving faith and faith comes by hearing. But when that faith stays dormant until I activate it, I'm not activating it until I speak it back forth. That's going to be the power that's going to send the signal for my goal setter back to the heart of my unit, my spirit man, and it's going to produce the thing that I have hoped for. And God's designed it that way. Um, And that, that got me way sidetracked probably, but it's okay, it was good. Um, another way of looking at it is I, I looked at, and I seen this just the other day, and I'll, I'll try to go through this quickly, but in Matthew uh, 13, Jesus, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, and he likened a lot of stuff, and the kingdom of God is like this. And he likened things to things that we have in the natural to actually how things are in the spiritual. And he designed the earth that way so that things in the natural and the earth would reflect things that are spiritual so that we have an understanding. Um, in Matthew 13, starting in verse 3, he says, And he spake many things unto them in a parable, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them all. Verse 5, it says, Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. Now, in Luke 8 and 6, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. Uh, in Luke 8 and 6, it, it puts that verse a little bit different, because it's a little bit different in each of the Gospels. Uh, in Luke 8 and 6, it says, And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. So it didn't have the, the moisture, the water in it that it needed for the roots to get down and grow. Um, back to Matthew 13 and verse 6, it says, And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold, who have ears to hear, let him hear. And then in eight, skipping down to verse 18, he explains it. He says, Hear ye the, therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that was sown in his heart. That is him which receives seed by the wayside. Now, one of the things I wanted to bring out there that uh, in some of some of the stories of the parable, or one of them is, it makes it look like if you if you hear the word, then the enemy can immediately come and take the word away from you that you heard. But that's not what it's saying. It's like if you hear the word and you do not understand it. That's why we got, to, like the beginning verse, it said you should meditate on it. 
because you need to meditate on it so that you can get an understanding of it. When you get an understanding of it, it's deep rooted in your heart. If uh, Ava, like she's not here tonight, but if, if she was in here and before she knew about a, a wood stove or a, a hot plate or something, that it was hot, you know, and she went out and she got near it. Well, let's use a fire, for example, that, that'll work, a fire. So somebody that had never seen fire before and didn't know anything about fire, if I was to say, look, don't get too close to that because it'll burn you. Somebody from would come up to it, get close to the fire, and they begin to notice some things about it. They notice, all right, that fire's got light, the fire's got heat, but I still don't understand what this burn means. And then they get too close and touch a ember and they find out what it means. It means that they're gonna get burned. But uh, somebody that's observed it from a distance, they're not gonna have that same understanding. And I don't remember exactly where I was going with it, but it'll be okay. <laughs> but, uh, but when you hear the word of the kingdom and understand it not, so if you don't understand it, then it's going to be pulled from you because the enemy can steal something from you. But once, that's where I was going with it. Once you get an understanding that that fire is hot, then can't nobody take that understanding away from you. A man with an experience has got something that nobody else has got. If I understand that it's going to be hot and burn me because I had a blister after I touched that ember, then you can't tell me anything otherwise because I've got an understanding of it. So the, the more that we meditate on the word, we can get an understanding of what the word says. Um, but he that received the seed into the stony place is the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he's offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the seedfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some in hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So here we see, and, and it talks about it in Mark 4 and 14, it says the sower soweth the word. So it's very clear that that's what's going on here. The sower, the parable of the sower is the sower sowing the word. And uh, so we see that God's word is a seed. Um, in another place it says, if you were to, I think it was Mark 4 and 22, says that, no, or, I don't remember. But uh, if you were saved unto this mountain, you know where it's at, Robert. Where's it at? Uh, Mark 11, 23. 23, there you go. If you were saved. Uh, so it's, if you had faith as a seed, you would say. So that's one of the things you're doing as, as a seed. You're speaking forth the word. And here the, the sower is speaking forth the word as a seed and saying, and that's his form of planting. Uh, so we see that God's word is seed. Another thing that I saw is that in Ephesians 5 and 25, if you want to turn there, I got to get some water. 
Dat is onze jongen voor jullie daar. Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. But what I saw there in verse 26 is that it's the washing of water by the word. So that's one of the things that we have is the word is water as well. So we got the water is seed, we got the water. The word is seed, and the word is water. Um, in 2 Peter 1 19, you don't have to turn there, but if you do, that's fine. Uh, it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, wherein too you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawn, until the day dawn, and the day star rise in your hearts. It's talking about the word there, that the word is light. Now, one of the things I started seeing, and it talks about it in Psalms and maybe other places as well, that like uh, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Um, that here we have the the word is a seat, the word is water, the word is light. Now. What does it take for a seed to spring up and grow? It's got to go through a germination process, and it's got to have water for that. And it springs forth, and when it springs forth, it springs forth and comes up, but it's got to have water and light to continue growing. It's got to have fertile soil. But once we become born again, God has already created in us a right spirit. He's already given us a new born again spirit. So we are already made perfect. So we already have fertile ground. We're already ready to receive. He's designed our spirit so that our spirit is ready to receive something planted into it. So many times what happens is, is a the soil stays fertile, but it's, it doesn't have anything to produce. So people don't have fruit in their lives. Um, but he says, the sower sows the word. So if you have faith as a seed, you would say, not so much focus on what kind of seed, a mustard seed, but if you have faith as a seed, what do you do with the seed you plant? So if you have faith, you would say. Um, so as the word is planted into our hearts and we keep reiterating what, what the word says, then we keep on Every time we meditate on it, every time we speak it back out again and we give it a now word, that rainbow word, and we're speaking it back into our life, it's bred to us. It's bred to the thing that we've already planted. And we've got our, our hope set on something. We've already set it up, and that's the signal. So long as we keep that thermostat at 70 degrees or that Jesus has healed me, by his stripes I was healed, and we don't say anything contrary, then we've already got our thermostat set and we, we keep that word planted in us and that seed planted in us. Um, and it, it talked about it in, in Mark 4, 26. He said, and he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. And then after the food, fruit is brought forth, then he puts in the sickle and he's got in the harvest. But in order to get the harvest part, 
we've got to do the preliminary parts first. We've got to plant, and then we've got to nurture that seed. One of the ways I saw for nurturing, besides just speaking the word forth, because it's good, we got to keep speaking the word and nothing but the word, nothing contrary to it. Um, but as I can begin to praise God and thank God, like, it's great that I've got the scripture by whose stripes I was healed. But just having that and saying it one time and then thinking, well, it didn't work for me. It's like, it must not work. God's word must not work because I spoke it and it, it didn't produce anything for me. But that might not be enough to let that seed germinate and actually spring forth and to begin to grow so that you can get some fruit out of it. So I might have to keep speaking the word and speaking along that same line. And then with that, is I can pray the word back to God. He knows what his word is, but he wants our request to be known to him. So when I begin to speak the word back to him and I say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you have already done this. In Christ, I'm already, I'm already healed. I'm already receiving it. I, I receive it right now. I thank you for it. I thank you that I'm healed, that you already wore my sicknesses. You carried my pains. So I'm in your eyes, I'm healed. So I'm going to keep on saying that. One of the other things I can do to keep nurturing that seed, keep giving it light, and to keep giving it water is to start saying, you know what? It's like, that's not what I'm experiencing in my body. So what I'm going to do is, I've, if I've got pain or sickness in my body, as I begin to speak to that pain or sickness, Jesus spoke to a fever, and he rebuked the fever. He's like, well, could the fever hear? Apparently it can hear, because it left after he rebuked it. So, I'm going to speak to a pain. Said pain that's coming against my body now. Sickness is coming against my body now. You're not mine. Because Jesus bore my sickness. Jesus carried my pains. So, you're not my pain. And I'm not going to receive you. So, I, I command you to leave my body in Jesus' name. And uh, so, that, that's just another way of, of looking at it. But as we keep on doing that, then we're nurturing that seed. It started out as a faith seed for healing. It could be a faith seed for uh, finances or, or whatever the deal is, but we're gonna keep on nurturing that with the same the same type of words and, and it's gonna produce in our lives. One of the things uh, I started seeing and, and kind of in closing is, uh, that it is Thanksgiving coming up Thursday. And I, I looked at it, I said, man, I said, Psalm 34. When I thought about Thanksgiving, I thought about Psalm 34 uh, and the first verse and the whole beginning of that chapter, especially that says, uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So one of the things that we see here is that the word's gotta continually be in our mouth but his praise has got to continually be in our mouth. So that way when his word's in my mouth, I'm not doubting at the same time, but I'm praising God. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm expressing to God my gratitude because one of the things he says, he says that the promises of God in him are yea, it says yea, but yes and amen. So every promise that God's gotten, those are the things that we hope for. It says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
What are we hoping for? We're hoping for the promises that God's already laid out in his word. But he's already told us that all his promises are in him. Yes and amen. So the answer to will you heal me, the answer to will you get me out of debt, will you help me, is already yes. Because he's already said, if you can find my promise in my word about your need, then my answer is already yes and amen. And amen is like, so be it. So yes, I'm, I'm expecting it to happen in your life. All I'm expecting you to do is to speak it forth because you've got to get it in your spirit, man. You've got to get it in your heart. And you're going to get it in your heart by speaking my word. So you find my word, you find my promises, and you begin to speak it out. And when you speak it out, it becomes a now word for you right then. And then as you take that now word, it becomes food for you. Food for your soul, food for your spirit, man, rather. And it's planted in you. And it gets deep-rooted in you. And when you keep that before you, that's all you're speaking, that's all you're saying, then it's deep-rooted in your heart. And then it's going to grow forth and spring forth. And then you're going to, if you hold on and keep doing it, you're going to experience the fruit of it. So long as you don't speak anything contrary and let the weeds start growing up beside it and start choking it out or start uprooting what you've already spoken. Uh, another one good was uh, Psalm 103. And I'm not going to read them and I'm not going to give homework but because uh, I'm not a teacher. But that would be good in my opinion. For Thanksgiving's coming up. Is to kind of go over Psalm 34, go over Psalm 103. They're good, like, don't forget his benefits. God, he, he heals my soul. And it, it talks about how he heals you and who he is. And uh, in Philippians 4 and 6, I think Holly had read this scripture this morning, and I'll close with this. It says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. So he wants to know our request. And he wants us to speak forth his word and his will into our lives. But do it with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good night. We'll close with prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to me. And uh, I ask that you would, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would minister uh, things that have been spoken in a way back to people, Father God, that it will minister to them. And I thank you for it all in Jesus' name.